blank page. The blank page features creative nonfiction pieces written by students at Bow High School in Bow, New Hampshire. I'm your host, Crystal Bonin, English teacher. This hour, you'll hear stories, reviews, and essays that range from the strange to the informative to the hilarious. Here's our first story. Dear friend, for the past year, we have been arguing about football. You argue that the Patriots are not good, and you make sure to bring that up every time the Patriots lose. If I ever bring up the Bills losing, then you get defensive and talk about how it always seems that you get attacked about liking the Bills. But if I ever get defensive, then you call me out for it. All I ask is that you give the Patriots the credit they deserve, because they are arguably one of the best teams of all time. And because we're friends, we should respect each other's viewpoints. The Patriots are currently first in the AFC East standings. And although the Bills are second right now, we have three more wins than you. We also have one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Tom Brady has won five Super Bowls with the Patriots and has more than 50 fourth quarter comeback wins in his career. He also has well over 200 career wins and has been nicknamed the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Also, I only bring up the Bills losses when you bring up the Patriots losses. I know that in response to this, you would bring up points like the following. The Patriots have to cheat to win, and Patriots fans only like Tom Brady because he's good looking. Then you would bring up all the times the Pats lost, and if I did the same thing for the Bills, then you would say that you always get attacked when talking about the Bills. Just for the record, after the deflate gate, the Patriots won the Super Bowl anyways. People were just trying to come up with an explanation for how we could have won. It is well known that the Pats are widely hated through the USA, but in my opinion, they just hate us because they ain't us. Also, people like Tom Brady for the fact that he's a nice man who breaks world records and helps us win Super Bowls. Over the years, the Pats have played the Bills 117 times and have beaten them over 70 of those times too. I truly believe that if we just respect each other's beliefs, then we can talk about football all we want. You have a lot of guts to live in New Hampshire and not like the Patriots, so I give you credit for that. Let us talk about football and be civil about it. I will respect your team if you respect mine. The benefits of respecting each other's teams would be that we could actually talk about football and maybe even talk about other teams that we both don't like. With hope for a nice conversation in the future, Chloe Binder. Chloe Binder is a freshman at Bow High School who loves to write. Follow her on Twitter at word underscore addict six. I was a witness. A bug can cause a class such a distraction. Kids freak out. Teachers have to try to kill or get the quarter-sized life out of the class so they can carry on with their lessons. At 9 o'clock on a Thursday morning, there was a huge hornet flying around in the intro to writing class. All the students, including myself, stopped whatever we were doing to focus on the stinging threat. We watched it fly from window to window, bumping into the glass, thinking it was a way for him to get out. 
We watched him fly into the lights in the ceiling, and finally, we watched him land on the pencil sharpener. Miss Colby slowly and quietly approached behind the hornet. With a weapon in hand, BAM! The hornet drops to the ground. The class rejoiced for the victory. Miss Bonin looked at Miss Colby as a god taken from heaven. She then carried out the class. Erin is a junior at Bow High School and took her first writing class this year. She enjoys hanging with friends and playing with her pets. Follow her on Twitter at runningfish. On November 22, 2017, Megan Pierce published an article in the Union Leader titled Claremont Police Arrest Pet Owners After 14 Cats Found Stuffed into One Pet Carrier. In this article, Pierce wrote about a case of animal neglect where 14 cats were stuffed into one pet carrier. The neglectors' names were Dwayne Lord and Crystal Lamanda. The reasoning for their actions was that their new home in Claremont prohibited them from having cats. Both Lord and Lamanda are being charged with 14 counts of animal cruelty and are scheduled to go to trial in the near future. I find this article disturbing. I can't imagine how anyone could neglect animals, let alone two people neglecting 14 cats. Who stuffs 14 cats into a cat carrier and leaves them out in the cold? It's awful that these people could do such a thing. The conditions in which the cats were found was unimaginable. They were covered in blood and all soaked in their own feces and urine. The consequences of the neglector's actions were that one cat was found dead and one had to be put down due to her injuries. Dwayne Lord and Crystal Lamanda need to be punished for the harm they've inflicted on these poor, innocent cats. They need to be put in jail for a very long time so that they learn their lessons and never do something like this ever again. I decided to research animal cruelty. Animal cruelty can range from the neglect of an animal to the murder of one. Animal cruelty consists of depriving an animal of food, water, shelter, or veterinary care, or hurting the animal through torture, maiming, mutilation, or killing. Animal cruelty is illegal in every state and is even considered a felony in 46 of those states. There are many questions about what happens to animals that are victims of cruelty when they are seized from their home. Where will they go? Will the animals be allowed back to their original owners if they are found innocent? According to the Humane Society of the United States, 70.1% of animal cruelty victims are dogs, 20.9% are cats, and 24.1% involve other animals. Animal cruelty can be connected to other crimes of violence and even be an indicator that a person needs mental or social health services. Serious cases involving animal cruelty can end in large fines or even imprisonment of the owners. Animal cruelty is a serious offense and needs to be reported immediately. The public has a significant role in reporting and addressing animal cruelty and to file complaints when they witness it happening. To properly report the animal cruelty, a person needs to file their report with the local law enforcement, animal control, state police, or sheriff. Animal cruelty is a terrible thing that is happening in the world. Statistically, more animal cruelty happens to dogs than any other animal. No type of animal cruelty is ever okay. People need to stop hurting animals and start reporting when they see an animal in the circumstances of some type of cruelty. How anyone could ever do such a thing as to purposefully harm an animal is beyond me. People still are cruel to animals throughout generations, and it's nothing to be proud of. We, as a community, should try to prevent this from occurring. The community also needs to speak up when there is even the slightest suspicion of animal cruelty, because it could potentially save an animal's life. Animals are just like humans. They're just trying to survive on the earth. They don't deserve to be hurt for that. Stephanie Bloom is a freshman at Bow High School that loves to read. Follow her on Twitter at writing 268 251 373. 
concert complications. I was a witness to a woman having a seizure. It was St. Patrick's Day, specifically March 17, 2017. I was 15 years old. Two of my friends and I were at the Colonial Theater in Keene, New Hampshire, listening to the last minutes of Twiddle's concert. They wrapped up their last set around 1 a.m. Since there was only one exit, hundreds of intoxicated people were piling out the door, trying to leave. Finally, I made it outside and found Olivia and Mike, the people I came with. We called a taxi to come pick us up, but in the meantime, we were waiting on the sidewalk. It started to drizzle, so the air smelled like rain mixed with cigarette smoke due to all of the people grouped together smoking and talking. After about three minutes of standing there, I heard a woman screaming for someone to help her friend. Then, a few seconds later, an ambulance siren was heading towards the Colonial Theater. I directed my attention in that direction and noticed a woman shaking uncontrollably on the ground. She was having a seizure. Someone put their jacket underneath her head to stop her from hitting it on the ground over and over again. Everyone around the woman stood still. It was like they were frozen. The people who were surrounding the woman on the ground finally started backing up due to the police officer's orders. Give her space. Back off. As soon as the woman got put into the ambulance, our taxi arrived, so I never got to see what happened to her next. Olivia Bolin is a junior at Bow High School. She enjoys hanging out with her friends and listening to music. Follow her on Twitter at BowBlog. When I was seven years old, I wanted to be a hairdresser, so I decided to give myself a haircut. When I was about 10 years old, I made the worst decision of my life. My hair never grew back from it. I was at home with my brother, but my mom wasn't home at the time. My mom had bangs back then, so I wanted them too. No one was there to stop me from cutting my hair because my brother was in his room. I gathered all the materials you need to cut hair, like scissors and a comb. I thought I was going to do such a good job on cutting my hair, but I was wrong. Once I did it, there was no going back. It took years to grow my hair back. I had to pin the hairs back because they would stick up. Once my mom got back from her errand, she looked at my hair and gasped. She was so surprised she didn't know what to say. Looking back on this horrible experience, I learned that no one should ever cut their own hair. I also learned you should always ask a parent for permission before you do something that you'll regret later. After this experience, I learned that I didn't want to be a hairdresser anymore. Lily is a junior at Bow High who enjoys spending time with family and friends and loves to participate in extracurricular activities. Follow her at BHS underscore writing. I witnessed many car crashes. I was in the car with my mom in, in the morning. It was very sunny and warm. I sat in the front seat in the car. My mom was driving and we suddenly saw a bunch of cars that were broken and smashed. I didn't see a a anything. There, there was no smoke or fire in, in, in the car, but 
I could see the car was struck pretty hard, though. It was damaged. It had a, a lot of dents. We didn't stop because we were late for school. It happened on Knox Road when you came down the long hill and there was a stop sign near near the road where there there is a crossroad that that leads to to my school there were a lot of people the police were there there wasn't an ambulance because no one was hurt. I didn't know what type of cars were there. There were like six cars that I saw. I saw the person calling someone on her phone. I didn't know if she was calling her mom or, or the tow truck. I didn't hear anything. The car was shut off so I couldn't hear anything. My mom was shocked and, and was scared that someone was hurt. Jessie is from Bow, New Hampshire. She loves acting and singing. She is a Bow High School writer. She wants to be an actress on stage, TV shows, and movies. The day I witnessed a kid break his ankle. It started off when I was about 15 or 16. As usual, I woke up at 12 and asked my two friends if they were still on for Grand Stage Gymnastics. Let's call these two friends Corey and Danfield. So as I was saying, I called them and they both said yes. It started at 7, so I had to wait about 7 hours. What I did normally is play Xbox until that time came. When the time came, I asked my mom to bring me to Grand Stage Gymnastics. So every time I went, I would always meet up with Corey and Danfield. When I got there, my mom gave me the 13 bucks to get in, and I told her when to pick me up. I walked in, gave the guy the money for Open Gym, and that's where I found my friends, Corey and Danfield. We still had a couple minutes until it started, so we just chilled and talked until it began. There were about five or seven minutes until it began. When it started, Corey, Danfield, and I went to the phone pit to mess around. Oh, did I tell you we knew one of the guys that worked there? Well, we knew one of the guys that worked there. So we messed around in the phone pit a bit, and then we saw the guy and started talking to him. I asked if they were ever going to add more stuff, and he said that they might add an extension to the building. We started talking on and on about the extension and that, and what they might add to it. This kid starts running towards us from the other room, for the twin trampolines. He said, yo, this kid broke his ankle on one of the trampolines. And the guy we knew was like, did he actually, or are you just kidding? The guy said, no, it's really bad. So Corey Danfield, the guy we knew, and I walked into the room. The kid was on the trampoline, his head facing towards us. He was really pale, shocked, and was really distraught. Corey Danfield and I looked at his ankle, and we saw his own ankle dangling by a piece of skin that was connecting to his leg. They said he tried to do a triple backflip, and this where everything went to hell. 
His ankle got caught in the springs of the trampoline and the force of when he came back up must have ripped the skin and snapped his ankle. Corey was like, oh, that sucks. I don't remember what Danfield said. And I said, this is disgusting. So what happened after that was the owner called the ambulance. They got there in around 10 to 15 minutes. It was hard for them to get the kid on the gurney because he was still on the trampoline and every movement they made would make the kid scream in agony. After everything was settled, and they brought his the kid to the hospital. We all went back to doing what we were doing, jumping around, running, and just messing around in the foam pit. The kid was all right. No one else got hurt. Nick is a senior at Bow High School who doesn't really like writing, but gets through with it anyway. I was a witness to a car crash and almost a cold-blooded murder. When I was 12, I was in a truck with my mom, dad, and my little brother. We were driving home after picking up my dad's new work truck, and we were having a fun time enjoying the breeze from the windows. We got to an area of the road where it was a sharp left turn, and people always went slow around it, so I wasn't worried about anything. That's when it hit us. Literally. A man driving a rub-lifted truck thought it would be a good idea to look down and grab his phone from on the ground, rounding the corner. We hit, When we hit sort of head-on, he destroyed the left side of the car on my dad's side. We slid maybe 20-30 feet before we stopped, and all I could feel was my mother taking the impact for us before we hit anything. My eyes were shut, and after all the metal cra uh, creaking and ripping stopped, I heard my little brother say, and I will never forget it, are we dead? My mom pushed us out of the car, and my dad climbed out the same side because the door was smashed shut. We weren't injured, but my mom's legs hurt, and that was all for us. But that guy that hit us wasn't so lucky. When he got out of the truck, there was blood dripping down his face from a giant gash in his head created from the steering wheel connecting with his head, opening it up and giving him brain trauma. Then I saw an emotion in my dad I never thought I would see. He looked like he was about to kill this guy. The guy was already injured, but my dad wanted to put him in the ground. People came down their driveways to make sure we were okay, and sooner or later, my aunt came to pick us up to drive me and my brother home. As my dad got checked out for brain damage, my dad thankfully didn't murder anyone and was fine after the crash, but the truck was totaled. That is something I will never forget as I witnessed my dad almost murdering somebody for hurting his family. Brian Hardwick is a senior at Bow High School. Don't follow him at Forest Writing 12. Encyclopedia of My Ordinary Life. Tumbling. Whoever had the idea to flip themselves over in the air seems like a real thrill-seeker. Although it can be enjoyable to have a new skill, it still scares me half to death sometimes. Fairness. At a young age, I was always told that life isn't fair. It was something that really bothered me and still bothers me to this day. I have much more understanding now, but wouldn't it be great if life just went your way? Writing. When your mind is full of thoughts and your head is spinning, it may seem like everyone is out to get you. Writing is a real lifesaver when you're feeling down and it helps to release all of those feelings. Boating. One of the best feelings in the world is when your hair is blowing in the wind, you're with the people you care about the most, and you are literally floating on the water. Laughing. Sometimes all you need is a good laugh. Even through the worst of times, 
Laughing is the best medicine. I mean, who doesn't like laughing? Olive Garden. Where do I begin? Breadsticks, pasta, cheese, and everything Italian. I don't know about you, but Olive Garden is definitely calling my name. Vegetables. I'm not entirely sure why, but I think vegetables are absolutely gross. I have a few exceptions, but mostly anything that is green I would rather trade in for dessert. Makeup. I'm not one for art, but applying makeup is so much fun to me. I love to take my time and make sure it looks just the way I like. It makes me feel put together and I'd be lost without it. Exercise. To be honest, I've always wanted to love exercising, but in reality, I really don't. Running and cardio are the worst, although the progress made afterwards can really be worth it. Emily is a sophomore at Bow High School. Follow her Twitter handle at Hanonwriter. Dear Owen, our father is turning 53 years old on Thursday, December 21st, 2017. To celebrate his birthday, I went to Vineyard Vines and the Merrimack Outlets and bought him a hat. This hat was a good birthday gift because his favorite Squam Lake hat is wicked old and beat up. I bought the hat on sale for $24. You should be responsible for paying me for half of the hat because you want to put your name on the gift when I give it to him. I paid for this hat using money that I earned while working at Pirate's Cove this past summer. This hat isn't wicked expensive, and you could definitely manage to wrestle up $12 for me. Since you didn't come shopping with me, and you didn't help pick out any sort of gift for him, you should have to pay me $12 if you want to put your name on this gift. I know that you do not have a job, and don't think you can afford to give me the money, but what I'm asking for is not a lot, and it would be much appreciated. His birthday is on Thursday, so you probably won't have time between now and then to go out and buy him a gift. You also do not have your driver's license to go somewhere on your own schedule. Regardless, you can still put your name on the hat I bought for him. You would just have to pay me $12. Keeping your point of view in mind, I would like to remind you that you are, in fact, old enough to have a job. If you don't have the money to pay me for this hat, then you should go out and get a job so that you have a steady income. You could have asked me to bring you along when I went shopping for him, but instead you stayed at home and did nothing. $12 is not a lot of money, and it would buy your way to putting your name on a great gift for our father. A fair solution to this would be that you could give me a dollar every two weeks until you paid me the $12 that you owe me. This is fair because it's more affordable for you since you don't have a job, and I get my $12 while both of our names get attached to the gift. Another fair solution is for you to pay me $8, which is one-third the price of the hat, as opposed to giving me half the price of the hat, which is $12. This is fair because it would cost you less money, but you would still be contributing to the cost of the gift. The hat is a great gift for our father, and I hope we can come to some sort of agreement on whether or not you should be able to put your name on the gift for him. Much love, Kiara. Kiara is a junior at Bow High who can't have dairy and is very upset about it. Follow her on Twitter at parttimepirate9. Trampoline Park by Alex Kellyer. I was a witness to a horrific accident at a trampoline park in Massachusetts. I was down in Massachusetts to celebrate my cousin's birthday. It was his 13th birthday and my cousin really wanted to go to the local trampoline park. It took about 30 minutes to get to the trampoline park and I could tell my cousin was very excited. The trampoline park we went to was called Launch Trampoline Park. We had to buy some special socks that had sticky non-slip pads that they charged a ridiculous amount of money for. 
They charge $8 a pair and another 15 per person to get onto the trampolines. My cousin could hardly wait to get onto the trampoline. The place had full-size basketball courts with the trampoline floors, which was the coolest thing to me. They also had a massive foam pit with launch pads on one section of the foam pit. They had a basketball net so you could try some sick dunks. There was also a couple of dodgeball courts that used actual red dodgeballs, along with huge trampoline fields that with ramp trampolines on the side. This is where it all happened. I was hanging out in the trampoline field when my cousin was mid-dodgeball game. I was hanging out in one of the corners, bouncing off the walls, when I saw a kid running down the field in my direction. When he reached to the edge and jumped and bounced off one of the edges as hard as he could, and went flying into the air. He under-jumped and landed on one of the foam dividers of the trampolines. At that point, everything seemed to turn into slow motion when he landed on the divider. A very loud crack echoed throughout the whole place, and after a couple seconds, a blood-curdling shriek that probably broke glass. The kid landed on his ankle sideways that caused his ankle to dislocate and his leg to break and the bone to stick through where his ankle once was. His scream brought everyone's attention to him and all the kids near him ran away while all the work workers ran over to see what happened. The smell of blood and the taste of iron flooded through the air and 911 was called within minutes. He was taken to an ambulance in the hospital where, there was one, where he once was, there was a huge blood puddle and the park was shut down and everyone was refunded who was on there. Alec is a junior at Bow High School and follow him at Lethal Knowledge with a bunch of threes and zeros and fours. My favorite mistake is signing up to take intro to writing. My main reason for switching was to get eighth period free. Also, to receive my graduation diploma from my high school, I had to take the class so I was left no choice. Little did I know, in Intro to Writing, you start every class by reading. Did I mention that I hate reading? It's terrible. Reading is very boring to me. I don't think I have found any books that have captured my full interest. I can never picture it in my head, and I always have to read the same sentence over and over again. For the rest of class, after the reading portion is complete, we write until it's over. I have times when I can enjoy writing, but if the topic doesn't interest me, it's like torture. My counselor said it was a good idea to change into this class, but the fault is on me for not reading the itinerary for the class. I have learned not to be so quick to jump the gun. I would like to become a better writer to prepare myself for college and finding a job in the future. I also believe it is a good skill to have. Taking this class is my favorite mistake so far because it has pushed me to become a better writer by giving me topics I'm not so interested in or comfortable with to write about, which pushes me. Dre is a senior at Bow High School that enjoys long walks on the beach and hates push-ups. Follow him at T-Rex Talks on Twitter. All stories in this episode of The Blank Page were written and recorded by students at Bow High School in Bow, New Hampshire. Theme music by Matthew Bonin. See you next time on The Blank Page.